Okay, thank you. So, good evening, everybody. I am so excited to share with you today. And um, as Stan mentioned, my name is Sipo Sayo, which means gift from God. So I just pray that I can be a gift to you tonight. As the Lord has already gifted us with his love, I am so grateful. And um, so thank you, Stan, for trusting little old me, little old me. And when Stan first actually asked me, I was like, hey, the top spirit I was given is taking ground in the workplace, right? Okay, and my, my first initial reaction was like, who am I, this little girl who's still working her way through this world, figuring things out, and trying to also um, figure out her career path as well. You know, I'm, I'm still growing, like I'm learning. And I'm like, who am I? Am, am I really qualified to speak about this topic? And I felt the Lord dropped the scripture in me in Timothy that says, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example in life and love and in purity. And that is, I was looking down on myself, but God was reminding me, hey, girl, it's not about you, you know. Even if you are young, I can still use you. So I pray tonight that God will make, use little old Nana to speak, okay. <laughs> so thank you. So I just mentioned just now that my topic is taking ground in the workplace. So I was doing a bit of research, and I saw that we started the series Taking Ground in January, am I correct? And you know, actually, it's, it's, it's been nine months. Can you imagine? And we're ending it on the ninth month. And isn't pregnancy not, I don't know anything about babies. It's nine months. So for me, I'm just like, God has been strategically positioning us. And we are ready, Lord. And now we're about to give birth to a new thing. And I'm so excited that I get to be a part of this community and to get to experience him working and moving amongst us. And so um, some of you may remember not so long ago, I was sharing at our young adults pop-up session. Okay, and the topic that I was also given was about the workplace. So some of you here, I can see faces that were there, would have already heard what I have to share today. But I just pray, you know when you read scripture, it says one thing to you, and um, it ministers one thing to you when you read it one time, and then you read the same scripture again, and it reveals something completely different. So I pray that if you were there that evening on the Tuesday night, that God may minister something different to you as you hear this message again. And like for me, I know God has also completely turned it around. When I shared it the first time, it was one thing, but now I feel like God is doing completely something different. So I pray that God may use this time together. And okay. So, who of you in this space wakes up on a Monday morning excited and ready to go to work? Can you raise your hand? Are they are excited? Okay. There's a few of you. Not even half the room lifted up their hands. Can I say, I'm the one that also doesn't lift up their hands. Monday is a struggle. I am always trying to find that Monday motivation. You know, I was actually chatting to my cousin not so long ago, and um, I was like, how do you do it? Because she has quite an intense job. And she's like, for me, Nana, I wake up every morning and I YouTube clips because I'm trying to find that motivation. So we are part of a society that when we wake up on a Monday or needing to go to work, our motivations vary. Okay, so the one motivation is you want to get, um, you're only going because you're waiting for Friday. Ever heard of the term TGIF? Thank goodness it's Friday. So you'll wake up every day and go to work because your motivation is to get to the weekend. You're living for the weekend, okay? So that's. We're also part of a society where the other spectrum is your goal is to get that promotion, right? So you go to work because you want to get the promotion. The 
other end of the spectrum is you are trying to pay for that vacation. So what motivates you in the morning to get up is that you want to go to Bali, you want to go to Thailand. Thailand's quite popular. Like I, I feel like I, I want to go to Thailand too. But that's the reason for some people to actually wake up in the mornings and go to work. Or maybe you're just someone who really just wants to live a comfortable life. So your motivation to go is to get that white picket fence home, get the house sorted, pay your bills on time. So you don't necessarily enjoy the process of work, but you are dragging yourself and going through it, through the, the mundane things. And this is a surprising one. I've actually heard someone, a millennial say this, that they're just ready for retirement. I'm like, you're young and you're already ready for retirement? Is, is that really why you're here? You're like, no, I don't really enjoy work. I just, I just wanna get to retirement. I wanna have money so I can, I can do the things, you know? But you know what? When you love Jesus, hey, those motivations, they, they don't, they're not the same. The goal changes, you know? When you know Jesus, you shift from wanting the promotion being the goal or Friday being the goal. But then you, your, your mindset changes and you're like, hey, how can I take ground in the workplace? And so I just, I just pray that God can show us tonight and reveal to us how, what are the ways that we can take ground in the workplace. And so... Work is something that we all do, that we are all a part of. Is it still making, is it quite irritating? Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, I'll take it off. Okay, so when I was given this topic, I was like, okay, since I'm the young one here, I'm going to do some research, you know. I'm going to find out, actually, what does God think about work? If work is what we all do in our everyday lives, whether it's paid or unpaid, it is still work. Driving your kids to school is work. Taking care of your children is work. Cleaning your house is work. Going to the office is work. Going into a teaching setting in a school environment, that's also work. But what does God think about work? And I was amazed at what I found out and that we were actually created to work. And do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to convince you, but I, I don't have the word, so I'm going to read the Bible. So if we look at Genesis 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, okay, and then he continued to create everything else. I'm going to try to convince you again. Another scripture in the beginning, also in Genesis, Genesis 1 verse 28 says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over every little thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so you know how English can show us flame? I, I, I had to look up in the dictionary. I wanted to find out what does subdue mean? It is pretty self-explanatory, but, you know, we could get it wrong, you know. You know, English is not my mother tongue. So define subdue. That, what that means is to bring under control. Bring under control. That was one of the instructions, hey, that we were given. To subdue this world. To bring it under control. Okay? And then also dominion means the sovereignty or control as well. Or to govern, to govern. So, and then also Genesis in the beginning, Genesis 2 verse 2, it says, On the seventh day, God finished all the good work that he had done. So God worked, okay? All the good work that he had done. Genesis 2 verse 15 says, God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Work existed from the beginning and it was good. It was good. It's what God did. And it was the very first instruction that God gave to Adam and Eve was to work and keep the garden. So 
So then, if that was your very first instruction, for me, it, it highlights that actually our original mandate for humanity is to work. Guys, we were created to work. That was our, God could have said anything. He could have chosen any, do, 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 not, do not murder or do not sin. He could, that could have been the first instruction. But why was the first instruction to work? I, I was just, I, I'm amazed. And so that for me, it shows that actually work is a beautiful thing. We were designed to do it. And with that privilege comes an immense responsibility. It is a privilege and a responsibility. And so we are created to develop, maintain, and to repair the fabric of this world. I love that. God created it, created the world. And we get to develop the world that he created. We get to partner with God in this. It's a partnership, you know. It's what he does, and we do it uh, as because we are made in his image. Okay. So now that we know what our original mandate is, is to work, how can we take ground in the workplace? What, what are the things that need to change because we know this truth now? And so there are just maybe three scriptures that I want to read before I dig into the practical aspects. Scriptures that for me say enough more than anything. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Yo, that's deep. Okay, and Colossians 3 verse 17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Okay, Colossians 3 verse 22 to 24 says, Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by the way of our service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. I mean, I can end it there. I feel like it's, it's all there in that scripture. And um, so really, when we work, it's, it's, it's not really about the, our boss. Okay, I mean, that changes how we work. It should change every single detail. And with our paid and unpaid work, we have that responsibility is not to worry about who's looking. We work well when we're looking and then when, someone else, when people aren't looking, then you hide. Mm -mm, it changes. So if, if I could maybe just do an overarching theme for this message is that how do we apply our biblical truth into our everyday lives? And so I did a bit of research, and um, in a given week, you spend about two to three hours at church. So we're here tonight, and we're here for maybe two hours, and then maybe you have another two hours at home group on a Tuesday night. And then um, at work, we spend from Monday to Friday between 40 to 60 hours we spend at work. So we have a whole week lit with opportunities lit with opportunities to display God's kingdom, to glorify him in the way that we work. And um, also someone actually shared uh, stats in terms of years. An average person lives to be 80 years old, okay? And then an average person spends 26 of those 80 years sleeping. That's quite a lot, actually. And then the average person spends seven of those years, of those 80 years, trying 
to sleep. Yo, 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 so much time. And then average person spends 13 years working. Guys, we spend 13 years, about 80 years working, okay? And then the average person spends one year of those 80 years spending working overtime. So in essence, it's actually like average, on average, four, um, 14 years that you spend working. And so I, I'm just like, whoa, there is so much time that we have more than in the setting. So when we are here, this is actually when we get equipped. We get equipped for us to go into the workplace and to serve. And so I, I just wanted to go through maybe a few points that God has just been highlighting in my life in terms of work and, um, and just challenging me on how to shine God's truth in a desperate world. The world is desperate for God. They just don't know it. And it's our duty to share it with them. And so number one, how do we take down in the workplace? We need to go to work completely dependent on God. Guys, well, there's, there's nothing else. I, I don't know where else we can draw our strength from because work can be depressing at times. It can be harsh. It can be harsh. It can be, it can be taxing. But you know what? We can do this with Jesus. And I love the scripture that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And there's also another scripture in John 15 verse 5 where it says, apart from God, you can do nothing. Apart from God, we can do nothing, guys. We, we are nothing apart from God. And so when you have those moments where um, there's a conflict situation happening at work, I just pray that the Lord, you may speak to God before those moments. And you're like, Lord Jesus, give me peace. Because we are peace carriers in, the, carriers in those settings. It is our duty to come in and bring the peace that God gives us, you know. And I remember um, also, often, I, I'm generally a communicator on emails. <laughs> All the time, emails, emails, emails. And sometimes it can get challenging emails. And you're like, mm, how about respond to this one? You know, and I remember sharing with Jan. And Jan was like, girl, just pray. Before you even respond to those emails, why don't you just pray? Take a moment to ask God to give you the right words. And so I sit now and I'm like, Lord, I do not know what to say. I don't know how to interpret this, but Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom in terms of saying the right things. And so I just pray that the Lord may just also give us wisdom in those settings when we are experiencing tough emails and tough conflict situations. And the second point that God has been challenging me on is integrity. Okay. So people won't often read the Bible, but they get to read our actions. So it's so important to, to, to actually handle ourselves in a way that represents God very well because we are ambassadors for Christ and we are witnesses for Christ and our actions will do that more, way more than what we say. And I'm so, I'm so convicted by that. And um, so defi uh, the, the definition of integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Yo, 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 yo. So integrity is all about doing the right thing when no one is watching. When, when your boss can't see what you're doing, that is, that is when you do it even stronger, even better. You push even more and you trust the Lord that you are doing the right thing. And we need to be honest in our settings. Um, and also when the menial tasks, generally we're like, oh, I'm just going to shove this aside. But when we know Jesus, the menial tasks are the significant things. 
So I just pray that God may use us. And just such a silly example I just want to share is yesterday I was at the um, at a farewell party for a friend at, at Gateway Mall. And I dropped a piece of cake, guys. And then I was like, I'm just going to act like I didn't, I didn't drop it. But, and then just move on with life. And then I felt bad and I turned around and already someone had stood in it. But guys, it was my duty to repair the fabric of the world and maintain this world by picking up the mess that I made and throw it in the rubbish bin. Because that is ministry. I felt so bad. I felt so bad, guys. Because that's ministry. The small things are what matters. So I, I, I ruined her evening. I, I, was, I, was, I was apologetic. But that, like, I missed an opportunity to, to play a role in making this world a beautiful place, a godly place, you know? And so I'm, I'm just, I'm encouraged that even if we are cleaning, you know, or you, you're teaching children, let, let us do it the right way and just uh, perform those duties with, 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 with an Im- immense responsibility, a weight that comes from God. And just to be trans- trustworthy as well. I feel like that's also another thing that God has been ministering to me about is that if we set meetings, let's try and be on time for those meetings. I feel like even that is ministry, you know, because you're honoring someone else's time, you know, and, and you're repairing that part of the world. You're having, I know life happens, life does happen, and you can be late for meetings, but let, we can be apologetic about it. I'm so sorry, I, I came late. But our A should be to be at those meetings on time because we're doing it ultimately for God. Would you be late for God? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I would not be late for God. So then let's even honor those meetings that we do set in the workplaces. Um, and so the third point that I just wanted to make that God is really highlighting to me as little old speakers go here is a skill. How are we stewarding the talents that God has placed in our hands? And um, like we are part of a generation that's always looking for the next best thing. You know, I'm a millennial. I know, I'm just like, okay, I'm ready. What's next? You know, so we do one thing. But then, you know, the danger of always being ready, like always moving on maybe too quickly, is that you lose out on what God has entrusted for you at that time. And so I just feel like that's what God has been highlighting in me. He's like, my girl, I need you to just sit back and learn and rest and, and don't rush. Don't, don't rush it. Sometimes you, like the next thing will come and I will show you when to move to the next thing. But if I've placed you here, learn that skill. Be better. Apply to study. I, I want to study. Um, just get better at the skill that we've been tra- It's like the parable of the talents. You know, how do we multiply the little that God has placed in our hands? And um, just in terms of being in the right place and seasons and asking God to use us in those places, I just have a bit of a testimony. This week has been a bit of a tough week um, for one of my friends. Um, I met, um, I had the privilege of meeting with a beautiful little friend of mine who's four years old on Tuesday. And so I was like, my girl, it was, it was so good to see her because I cared for, like I used to babysit her a lot when she was a baby. And, and she was four years old, having a sad conversation. And I was like, oh, wow, she was so good. And I was like, my friend, what do you want to be when you grow up? Already, this is me moving on to the next thing so quickly. What do you want to be when you grow up? And she looks at me and she says, I just want to be a daughter. And she ministered to me something so profound. 
how often do we just want to rush into the next thing? She is right now is a daughter, and she is excited about being a daughter. And the tragic thing that happened after I met with her on Tuesday and Thursday, a tragic accident happened, and she has passed on. She is no longer with us, and she is a daughter without King Jesus. She is in heaven with our Father. And so that story stuck with me. I'm sorry, I was hoping not to get too emotional. But I think it's emotional. We need to ask God to use us when we are a daughter, or whether you are a doctor, whether you are a teacher, whether you are sowing, in that place where God has placed you, be that and do it well and ask God to give you the strength to harness that talent because you don't know how long you're there for because we are, life is only but a moment. We are a passing vapor. We're here for a little bit. Let's honor those times. Let's honor those moments. So I'm encouraged. I am so encouraged by her testimony about being a daughter and that's what she did well for the four years that she was here too as a daughter. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. And so the other, the other point that God has also really just been encouraging me with is that we, we get put into places of influence, no matter how big or how small, whether you're in that boardroom setting or you're in that classroom or you're in that doctor's room, that is a position of influence. So do you know what that means? It means that we can ask God to shape the ethos of whatever business we're in. You know, they may not know it, but you know. You know the gift and the power that you have to be able to shape those settings. And just ask God to give you the courage and the boldness to actually speak out. Because some, there are things out there that people put together and you can, and God can drop it in your heart and he'll give you the right words to say. How do I positive, positively impact the work ethos? the work policies to show and reflect God and who he is. And another thing, number five, what God has really been highlighting for me is, is the thing about relationships and communication. So if we're spending 14 years at work, it means that we are constantly interacting with the people next to us. You are, whereas if you are managing a project or you have a, a neighbor who sits next to you or you're managing people, all, all, all those interactions are opportunities to minister. There are opportunities and time opportunities where we get to shed the light of Jesus in a broken world. So when you hear of someone at work who's possibly sick or maybe admitted into hospital, going to see them at, in the hospital setting of ministry, or maybe even taking food. I love our community, how we care for each other and take food for each other and like a home group, guys, join a home group. If you're not in a home group, come chat to me. I'll connect you to a home group. Guys, it is family. We love on each other. And when things are tough, we are there for each other. We pray for each other. We, we, oh, my home group feeds me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm a single girl, so I don't always want to cook, but there is food at a home group. Thanks, Megan. <laughs> so, like, I'm just, like, we, we have opportunities to build those relationships, even at work. It doesn't have to only be at church. Let's extend those relationships. Let's extend the love that God has given us into our workspaces as well. And then just lastly, I, I just love how love needs to be the ultimate motivation. If God is love, then, and he loves us, 
and we need to love his people because we are made in his image. And so I just pray that God might deposit more than anything today, tonight. Let him deposit a, an immense, intense love for his people. Because then when you are operating from a place of love, Monday is not dreadful. It is a divine appointment. It is a divine opportunity. And we can be excited that we get to work, that we get to wake up, and we get to repair and to develop the fabric of this world. And what an opportunity. And so just closing, I'm just so excited that... I'm so grateful that Monday jobs don't have to be dreadful. And the main aim doesn't have to be Friday, TGIF, that is not the main goal. The holiday is not the goal. But the goal is to bring Jesus and to serve him in the spaces that we find ourselves in. So whether it's small or whether it's big, I pray that the Lord may use you in your workplace. And that as you come on a Sunday, I love coming to church. You know, not because it's, it's, it's a religious thing that I do, but because I know that I come and I get on, and then I'm ready to start on Monday. I am set on fire so I can release that fire to my friends at work, to my boss at work, to the colleagues, to the people that do other work for us, to the people that I manage. I love the fact that I can gain strength in these sort of settings, and it, it sets a, a good precedence. It sets the pace. You know, so I love being in these settings. And I just, I want to thank you for this opportunity to share. And that's, I just pray that God may continue to use you in your workplaces. And that, yeah, yeah, would you like me to pray? I'd love to pray. Yo, Father God, I, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you have given us the ability to work, that you've given us the energy to work that you've given us the strength to work, Lord, whether it's unpaid work or it is paid work, Father God, we want to do it all for your glory. Jesus, set us on fire for work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Father God, set our hearts on fire to burn for you, Lord Jesus. And we pray for confidence and we pray for courage, Lord God, to bring your peace in the settings of conflict, Lord God. And we just pray, Lord, for godly wisdom in those settings. We pray for creative ideas, Lord God, to be birthed from this place, Lord Jesus, because we know that work is your idea. Lord, work is the original mandate that you gave to us, Father God. So, Lord, we want to take that and we want to run with it, Lord Jesus. We want to run in confidence, Lord God. We want to run in assurity, Lord, that you go with us, Lord, that you go before us, Father God, because we cannot possibly do it on our own. Father God, we trust you, Jesus. Lord, we need you, Father God. We cry out to you, Father God, every day, every single moment, Lord, we need you. And Father God, I pray, Lord, with the job that you have given us, Lord, that we may be faithful with what you've placed in front of us, Lord God. Lest we forget, Lord Jesus, remind us, Father God. Lord, give us the strength, Lord God, to continue this journey that you've placed us on. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, we honor you, we give you the glory, and we are going to go on fire, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much for your love. In your holy and precious name, amen.